Is Israel really on the brink of a civil war? President Isaac Herzog certainly thinks so. He used those very words recently to talk about the huge anti-government protests that have gripped Israel. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has now delayed these controversial reforms to the Supreme Court, but the situation really is a tinderbox. Yossi Klein Halevi from the Shalom Hartman Institute in Jerusalem writes about the crisis for ABC Religion and Ethics Online. Well, it depends what we mean by civil war. All-out war, the way we've seen in Syria or Iraq, that's inconceivable. It's not going to happen. Certainly not in that way. But we certainly can have civil strife, which includes a measure of street violence. We're beginning to see that taking shape. Some of the pro-government people begun attacking the demonstrators We're a society that experienced the ultimate trauma of a political assassination of its prime minister. Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated in 1995. And certainly for my generation, the generation that lived through that moment, a certain psychological barrier was crossed. And we can no longer say that the inconceivable is impossible. Even though you say it would not be a civil war as we might understand it, it could be violence, street violence. Would it be Jew against Jew? Yes, that's what we're looking at. And that's what makes this so terrifying, really, because we've got lots of enemies waiting literally on our borders. And Israel's a very small country. It's hard sometimes for Australians to conceive just how intimate the geography in Israel is. You can cross the country within two hours, and that includes the West Bank. You can travel the the length of Israel from the southern tip to the northern border in eight hours. That's the whole country. Mm. And not by plane, by by car. (laughs) You know, we have Hezbollah on the north. We have Hamas on the south. We've got Iranian bases in Syria. And this is all you know, within a couple hours of Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. What keeps Israel strong is the cohesiveness of its people, and that's what's at risk right now. Where would the 21% of Israel's citizens who are Palestinians who feel increasingly alienated by their government, where would they sit in any civil strife? My strong sense is they would sit it out in the same way that, for the most part, sitting out this wave of demonstrations, which I think is very short-sighted. If Israeli democracy is seriously weakened, if we don't have the Supreme Court as the final guarantor of minority rights, the first community that will be affected will be Arab Israelis, Palestinian citizens of Israel. There are forces on the Israeli right who would like to deprive Palestinian citizens of the right to vote, or at the very least, to create the conditions under which parties that represent Palestinian Israelis would not be able to run in an election. So it's so much within their interest to ensure that Israel remains a strong democracy.
Yeah, I did read, in addition to your fascinating piece on ABC Religion and Ethics website, I read as a sort of companion for that a very interesting piece in the London Review of Books by Tarek Bacconi. He did sort of suggest that some of the reason that many Israelis who call themselves liberal and progressive are protesting is because they're focused really on their own welfare. They're not actually thinking about their Palestinian brothers and sisters. We're in an emergency right now. And when you're in an emergency, you deal with the issue that's burning. When you're having a heart attack, you don't worry about cancer. We're having a heart attack right now. And to try to connect all issues, and of course, all issues are interrelated, ultimately. But right now, we need to make sure that Israel remains a democracy. That's the number one issue. When Israel is a democracy, at least one can conceive of reasonable solutions. If we lose our democracy, there's going to be very little left. And so to make these sweeping statements and to denigrate the democracy movement, which I think is the most extraordinary protest movement that Israel has ever experienced, every week, hundreds of thousands of people are in the streets. We're a small country, also in terms of population. We're 9 million people. When you have half a million people demonstrating every week, do the arithmetic. What Mm. would that be the equivalent of in Australia? And so it's a massive phenomenon. And I wouldn't take a cheap shot and blame this movement for what it's not dealing with. Mm. So I I didn't read that article, but I consider it a cheap shot. Maybe not a cheap shot, but I think it comes from a place of saying that Palestinians are, are one in five Israelis and they don't appear to figure at this point, their interests don't appear to figure very prominently. Again, I think that it's in their interest in some ways before anyone else's to ensure that they have a court of last resort to protect them. We are seeing some Palestinian Israelis on the streets, nowhere near enough. You make this fascinating distinction in your very interesting piece between the conflict over a state of Judaism versus a state of the Jewish people. Just flesh that out. Yeah. So first of all, just to connect this with our immediate previous conversation about the place of Palestinian Israelis in Israeli society, my definition of Israel is that we are a Jewish state and a democratic state. And that, of course, is the official definition of the state itself. And my understanding of that is that Israel is the state of the Jewish people, of all Jews, whether or not they are citizens of Israel, they all have a stake in Israel. And it's also the state of all of its citizens, whether or not those citizens are Jews. So it's a very complicated, multi-dimensional identity, but Israel is a very complicated place. And that's one reason I think why people keep getting it wrong. (laughs) You know, it's like you look at Israel and you say, oh, I recognize that. No, well, yes, but every statement you could make about Israel, probably the opposite statement might be true as well. When you ask the question about Israel as the state of the Jewish people or the state of Judaism, there's a big debate about that in Israel. My camp, the liberal camp, sees the meaning of a Jewish state as being the state of the Jews as we are, not as we should be, not some idealized version, not who we once were. The Jewish people 200 years ago was an entirely religious people, a religion-based people. That's not who we are anymore. We do have a very strong and vibrant religious community. I personally am a religious Jew, 
But I believe that Israel cannot reflect a narrow religion-based Jewish identity that would exclude very large numbers of the Jewish people. And so that, for me, is the classical Zionist definition of Israel as a Jewish state, the state of the Jewish people, and not of Judaism, and in particular, not of one branch of Judaism, which is to say, Orthodox. Yeah, this is really fascinating, because the right of return, which itself is very controversial, because you know, of its exclusively Jewish nature, but nonetheless, the right of return is under attack, but from the right. Why? Yes, well, first of all, the law of return is the least controversial law in Israel in terms of granting preferential immigration status to Jews. That is the foundational identity of Israel, that there's one little place on the planet where any Jew who's ever in need knows that you have a destination. And that is the, if I would say, is the one non-negotiable element of Israel's Jewish identity, it's that. It's the law of return. So within Israel, that law is not controversial at all. The way that law is expressed is more complicated. How do you define who is a Jew? The Orthodox want a much more narrow definition. Other Israelis want to preserve this very broad definition of anyone with a single Jewish grandparent or married to a Jew or who converts to Judaism should be granted immediate Israeli citizenship, which is what the law stipulates today. So that's what we're looking at now. This government would like to change that. They would like to do away with the very broad definition of who's eligible for Israeli citizenship by narrowing it at the very least, restricting it from anyone with one Jewish grandparent to anyone with one Jewish parent. Mm. What what I find so fascinating about this, Yossi, though, is that hasn't the right wing always embraced the idea of the right of return as a way of bolstering Jewish numbers in a kind of demographic uh, struggle with the Palestinians? As I recall, just go back 10, 15 years, weren't Russian Jews the Russian immigrants, whose Jewishness some people questioned, weren't they the bedrock of support for Avigor Lieberman? And he was, today they think of him as a moderate, but Avigor Lieberman yes. was a pretty hardline Jewish nationalist who wanted to exclude yes. Palestinians. Yes, he was, and he has moderated. So it's interesting to see how the Russian immigrant community, which, as you rightly put it, Uh, was very right-wing. Russian society is quite right-wing, very nationalist, and they reflected that. But coming to Israel, the community has really become much more a part of Israeli identity, and and we're seeing much more nuance. And what happened with Lieberman, I think, is a a very interesting test case of the complexity of Israeli society. What is the likelihood that if Israel continues on this path, you describe Netanyahu's government as the most ideological homogenous government um, in its history, wouldn't liberal Israelis simply immigrate? Wouldn't they go and build the same successful lives as their fellow Jews have done in Canada, Australia, the United States, Britain? Some will, certainly. But you know, Israelis have sacrificed an enormous amount for this country. We go to the army, our children go to the army. We've all been through waves of terrorism. There's a very deep organic connection between Israelis and this country 
that transcends rational considerations. Certainly, if the situation worsens, there will be people who will leave, and I don't judge anyone. My sense is most of us are going to stay and fight for the Israel that we believe in. And Israel's too precious to abandon to this extremist government. I consider this government an anomaly, a moral disgrace. And I will not allow this government to speak in the name of of Israel, of the Jewish people, certainly not, without being out there on the streets and contesting their right to define us. We're a 4,000-year-old people, and this, I believe, is going to be a passing nightmare. Yossi Klein Halevi, a senior fellow at the Shalom Hartman Institute in Jerusalem. Yossi's latest book is Letters to My Palestinian Neighbour, and you can read his latest essay at ABC Religion and Ethics Online. Thank you very much for joining us on the Religion and Ethics Report. Thank you. Thanks for having me.